Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. Feral Audio. This episode of Twitter Ren is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Here's how it works. Are you looking to spice up things in the bedroom? Have you been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Have you? You have. Because you're a mammal. So go to AdamandEve.com for a limited time only. You will get 50% off just about any item that's half off but guess what there's more when you select your item at 50 percent off you also receive three free adult dvds that's right three free adult dvds for the little free inspiration please plus a free extra gift so sensual that i can't even say it right now with my affected voice over this original drum machine beats and on top of this all, you get free shipping on your entire order, okay? So go to adamandeve.com, type in promo code WIND, that's W-I-N-D, to support this podcast, Twisting the Wind, and you will get 50% off an item, plus these three freebies of DVDs, plus an extra free gift, and free shipping! You have to do it! Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That being said, I would like to now present to you this new episode of Twisting the Wind. <laughs> I'm back in the grab jack, so a stack, so a stack with the big bone crack, with the bone bone crack. 
Ooh, get it. Ooh, get it. Ooh, get it. I know you wanna sit it. Wanna sit out. Shot the game. You wanna sit out. You shot the game. Look. You pay the money. You got a break. It's a recreational league. Day day. Ooh. You got college age coaches getting in fights. Eating all the roaches. Smoking lots of weed. Hitting on my buddy. Fucking on my motherfucking kid. And I'm a buddy. Kid. The cat. I'm fucking my dad. I'm not a kid. I'm just gonna kiss my dad. I got it. I got it. He got no I rented a DVD. 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 I got myself a DVD store. My name is Daniel T. Yo, my name is Daniel T. Mediocrity is what I do. D-double, a D-O, a D-subble. I'm gonna get you rest in trouble. Welcome to Twisting the Wind. I'm gonna be your friend. I'm gonna buckle up my back. I'm gonna self-attack. I'm gonna suck him. I'm gonna fuck the book and on the back. Put that pig on the back. I'm a robot made of a haystack. Yo, welcome to Halloween. Let's be dream. Suck him with a fucking one of best to be. G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-
the gatekeepers. And if they know the thing that you know, then everybody knows it because they, they do it. So that's that. And here's something. That's not it. That's not what I want to play. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Introducing some of the stars of the bright new season coming this fall on Twisting the Wind. <laughs> he thought I was going to say something else. No, I wasn't. Here, here it is. Here's the right thing. Oh, this is way too dramatic. I'm sorry. This is... This is very dramatic. This is not what I wanted to play. I'm sorry. Very pretty, very pretty. That was some Brescianello, I think, is this old Italian composer. Uh, here it is. Uh, I'm trying to find his phone call. Is this it? Never take this kid anywhere again. I can't tell you how disappointed I am in both of you. Probably all you did was eat sugar all day and. Truly! You were supposed to watch the kid. You let him run amok. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. That's definitely not the right thing at all. Okay, here we go. This is gonna be us. 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 Hi, who are you waiting for, please? I was just trying to ask someone about a couch. Okay, okay, you could ask me. Yeah, do you guys have any of those good ones that are like the the kind that are really big that um you know you can like do an L on them? I'm sorry, you could do where? You know, where it's like you could you could do like a you know when you bend over but you go halfway, like if you're like doing yoga, like a thing that you can do that on. You know, okay, like a I'm like a like a really uh, long one that has like a, a corner. Right, right. What's that uh, called? You know, corner or chase? Yeah, I have it. Yeah. What do you what what is that? What do you have of them? You know, I have a, such a lot of sofas over here, leather and really? fabric. Uh, yeah, I think it's worthwhile for you to come in and uh, mm-hmm. test uh, test these beauties here. You know. Well, did you call them beauties? You try out. Well, you got to try out. You know, there's some nice pieces over here. So. Oh, you said they're beauties, huh? They're beauties, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that's, relevant. that's great. That's yeah. relevant. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good if you think they're beauties. That means they must be pretty good, right? They they are. You know. You know. What's you know, the most? Here, uh, yeah. Is there like one that's like a starship? Pretty? Of them? No, 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 no starship. What about that one? I saw a TV show about it. It's um, it has musical capabilities. Yeah, yeah, we have those. No yeah, way. How does that work? Well, you pair it with the Bluetooth, you know, your uh, TV or your phone, and uh, you know the, the speaker in the corner of the uh, sofa, and they, you know. Are you kidding me? Good. Wow! No, I thought it was a trick. It's real. No, uh, I have a, I have a, yeah, quite a bit of this. You know, What's the name of it? So. Well, Natuzzi makes it. Natuzzi is the name of the company. Yatuzzi? Uh, N-A-T-U-Z-Z-I. Yeah, it's a Natuzzi. Oh, is that like from Italy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? It's from Italy? Yeah. How did I guess that? Hmm? I just guessed it's from Italy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Italian. Wow. Right? I didn't know that. I really don't know that. I just guessed. <laughs> right, right, are, right. Are you guys in Italy right now? I'm sorry? Are you Italian? No, no, no. I'm oh, where are you I'm from? 
Me, I'm from uh, originally Korea. Oh, cool. That place is great. Yeah. <laughs> I've never okay. been there, but I want to go. I hear, um, I hear that the sushi there is better than Japan. Have you heard that? You know, you're right. You're right. Actually, uh, you know, a lot of sushi place in Koreatown over here is better than Japanese town sushi. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, because, yeah, you know. They, and they offer you more for free. You know, so no way. Like What's the best thing to get? Well, you know, go to uh, this place called uh, Wilshire and Wilton. I don't know where you are at, but the Wilshire and Wilton, this place called uh, A-R-A-D-O, Arado. Right. Ardo. Yeah, Arado, they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the best kind of style to get, you think? What do you recommend? I like uh, eel roll, onago. Oh, that's eel. I love that. Does that sea yeah. or is that, is that sea eel? Yeah, it's, I think so, yeah. Onago. Anago, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Try cool. that, okay? Yeah. And uh, come on over when you get a chance, all right? Oh. And uh, you need to sit on these things, okay? Is that where you guys are? No, we are actually on uh, La Brea. And, You're uh, in Korea? Beverly. La Brea and Beverly. Oh, that's a, is that a street in Korea? No, right here. Oh, you're you're in town, oh. okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I was trying to figure that out because we wanted to. Uh, um, uh, I'm doing a band, and we wanted to do a thing where we had a uh, show with sofas. Uh, the music's playing uh, on the uh, sofa. Uh, I see, I see. Yeah, we kind of sound like it was supposed to sound. It was sound like this. We're like, we're sitting down. You're sitting down. You're sitting down. You're sitting down. How's it feel? Yeah, yeah, make a, let's make down. a CM song out of it, yeah. Yeah, this is how it go. You're yeah. sitting down, how's it feel to be sitting down, sitting down, how's it feel to be sitting down? See, wouldn't that be a great thing to do like a theme song with the sofa? Do you think that Come on over, yeah. I want to see you. My name is Jonathan. Come on over when you get a chance, okay? Okay, I'm Kevin. I, uh, we're trying to get this band off the ground. We okay. do, we're looking for a partnership. Okay. 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 Thanks, well, thank Jonathan. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Alrighty. man. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. I appreciate All right. it. Please wait. My jag. Hey, Wit. Hey, Johnny. Welcome. Hi, thanks. Apple uh, juice. Wit Hertford. You're, you're welcome to Twisting the Wind, Wit Hertford. Thanks. I'm so glad to have you here. This is great. You look fucking dynamic as usual. Stop it. Yeah, you're like di- Style Maven boy. <laughs> you are, though. I mean, you're like um, all many, many different things. Wow. So what it's, are we going to start here? Okay, I have to take these headphones off because I, I do non-headphone, but that's me. I'm going to do half and half. You can do half and half, like Carly, Carly, uh, not Carly Simon, who's the woman from the uh, We Are The World? Right, you know? every vocalist has to like put the... That's like a thing. <laughs> who, who started that? Who was the first person to be like, I'm going to do half on and I'm going to hold it and it's going to be a thing? I feel like it probably was Little Richard. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, he was... 
he's a big old fag. No, no, <laughs> he was gay though. He was gay. He was gay, but he was very. He's still uh, alive, isn't he? He's still alive. I think he is. He is. He past. kind of. Evidently, uh, he's sort of a thief in a way. Um, what do you mean? There's this guy Esquerida. He was sort of like a that style. I'm saying his name like not wrong, but I'm putting too much on it. You know, Esquerida. <laughs> But he's like that same. He was that same sort of thing. Where he's a black guy who was doing that pompadour, greasy style, grease, greaser style with uh, black glasses and singing. It's a very similar type of thing. But he was Little Richard sort of lifted that. Which what is, era? You know, what era? Like same era, just like really? a little bit before. Yeah. So he was a he was a uh, copycat. He's like Chubby Checker, I guess. Tiny Chubby Dick was, was a, a co- was a copycat. Chubby Checker was a copycat too, right? He's he was a copycat from. Um, Chuck Berry, I think. I don't know. I don't know. You should know Early all that. Early rock and roll your, history. But that's your stuff, man. Kind of, but not really. What's what's your stuff? with? Oh, geez. What is your stuff? What is my stuff? Because we met a long time ago in like some... Wow. It's so embarrassing, but I'm going to say improv class. That's okay. But I met you... You just at, made it up, so yeah, it seems like it worked. I made it up. But it was a class, and I was, I was visiting because I was making up a date... And uh, you were in it, but we like we didn't really meet really, but we just sort of, you know, I think you contacted me sometime later about something that you were working on because you're kind of like a prolific writer. Oh, I mean, I, I, I would be in those classes and it was very clear to me to see like who was interesting and who was not. Well, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Right, <laughs> right. And I was like, this guy, because I think everybody, when you would get up, they'd be like, what's he going to say next? And oh, so... Really? <laughs> You know, the, I was jealous of that, and I wanted to fight. Well, I was you, so. I was jealous of your uh, uh, indefatigable. <laughs> You're indefatigable. I don't even. I think, th- I think it's a word. Let me look it up real quick. I think it's a word. Does it have to do with fatigue? Is yeah, that I think word? it means you are unable to be fatigued, which oh. I still think is true. You are in the. Fatigue. Now you're just lying because I'm, I'm not, lazy all the time. Yeah, you are, but that's the thing is you're, <laughs> you're always like super. You know, you're super fucking. Um, yeah, you're like I'm 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 manic. I'm manic. You're manic, but that's great. Uh, well, you're super fucking. You can be pretty fucking manic sometimes. You yeah. Can be like oh yeah. Like, you've holy seen shit. It. Yeah, but it's awesome. It's like <laughs> indefatigable. Yeah, it's a word, man. I'm pretty sure it means something. <laughs> indefatigable. And I mean, it's the it's the stupid word because it's like a double double negative. I want right? to see how but it's, it's a real word. There you go. Indefatigable. Tireless. But doesn't it sound better than tireless? Indefatigable? Jeez, Johnny. That's a real stretch, Indefatigable. Buddy. That's good stuff. Yeah. With her first comedy album. Indefatigable. <laughs> indefatigable. <laughs> oh, this motherfucker's indefatigable. <laughs> yeah. So, So yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, and uh, I noticed your certain, your very superior indefatigability. Jeez. <laughs> you're just trying. You're just, you just think like no. somebody gets wings every time you say it. Yeah, I guess so. Um... Yeah, and right. we met Nora there, and we met right. some other people there. But we've since worked together on a bunch of different things, all that you've basically created, written, or ba- if you didn't write and create it, you made it come together because no one else was willing to actually do the work it takes to make something that they want to make. That's right. I'm a genius. Yeah, right. and you have a history because you are you were you've been living in Los Angeles for a long time. You you're a child actor. Oh, yeah, I did, I did things as yeah. a as a youth, right? Um, I mean, most notably, um, you know, the JP, 
the you know a tiny JP movie about now dinosaurs. In 3D. Yeah. yeah, a tiny movie. You're that you're that guy. My prepubescent area Hell was yeah. in was in triple vision. Right, right. and um, that's that's a big deal. It's, it's no small deal. No, but it's definitely when the, when was it was it weird to move on from that? Was it like at what point were you like? I don't know, because that's like a world that I didn't experience at all. Because I got into acting so late that I'm like, you know, I'm basically right now I have as much experience as you had when you were about ten. You know what I mean? That yeah, so probably. It's like a thing where I have to constantly remind myself, I'm like, oh wait, I don't know. I'm like a fucking med student. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know a goddamn thing. Yeah, I'm almost dead. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> like, well, well, so that's I feel the, 65 or 70. I feel 65, really. Some days, yeah, yeah. when I'm not so indefatigable. <laughs> indefatigable. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I guess it was a thing where like I was doing it for so long that when I got to about that time mm-hmm. with Jurassic, I, I really wanted to stop. Because really? At that point you wanted to stop? I kind of did oh, wow. because I wanted to go to high school and make out with girls. Oh, yeah. You wanted to have like a normal kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was a, I've played drums since I was eight, so I wanted to do music. And You're also a very heavy romantic <laughs> you are. You're like a true romantic, like an actual romantic as far as people. I, I know a couple of them. One of my best friends, Mark, is a true romantic. Mm. And I think you're also a true romantic. Um, wow. So I can see that you wanting to go to school and do that over anything else. That makes well, sense. Well, yeah. And, but the thing was that it was a big challenge because I've always been kind of like the um, gay bestie. For lack oh of really? Term. Okay. And yeah. so there, not until my senior year was there somebody that was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll take you uh, out for more than just a girl shopping spree." Oh, you mean like a girl who wanted to actually? Yeah. Not just be like I wasn't talk- just chasing. So who wanted to talk to you not about other guys? <laughs> totally. And here's what's super yeah. weird is that I, 16 years later, right. hung out with her last week. Whoa. I got to have like- The circle remains unbroken. Blast from the past. Did and, you guys uh, hook up? It was lovely. I tried really hard. Okay. And it didn't, no, it didn't happen. But um, yeah, and so I stopped for a little bit and then- Okay, wait, so you said after, during JP, you were like- this is I kind of want this to do no do no more of this. I did JP when I was fourteen. Okay, I had a great experience, but I was auditioning from when I was like eight or nine, right? With the same circle of dudes, guys like yeah, Seth Green, okay, Elijah Wood, Giovanni Ribisi. These are these are industry kids. Toby Maguire, yeah, and once in a while a Growing Pains era DiCaprio. Holy shit! I didn't know that. And That's crazy. Whit Hertford. Yeah. So one of these things is not like the others. And the reason was because I did stop. Those okay. guys kept going. Right. And um, Don't some of those guys come from some <laughs> sort of... Well, that's what I say to myself. I say that it has nothing to do with talent. It's like, I'd be as, hey, you know what, wait, you'd be just as famous as them. That's what I say every night to put myself to sleep. You'd be just as famous as them. You didn't stop. I'm like, yeah, that's right. F those guys. F them. <laughs> aren't some of those um, people coming from like a like a Hollywood family? They did all live in Hollywood. And I, I, you know what I, I mean? Like, like they're... Like, for example, what's her name? Uh, the Deschanel sisters. Right. Their dad's an award-winning cinematographer, and he was like, when they were born, like, you're an actor now. Little secrets. You're going to keep being an actor. Oh, you don't want to? No, you are. Yeah, the pedigree is definitely yeah. there, I think, with those guys. And my mom's super normal. We're, we're, I mean, we lived in the boonies. We lived in the suburbs, and so really? we did the commute. Right. And that was actually a really saving grace. Really? Because you weren't exposed to sort of the, the... I wasn't homeschooled. I didn't get emancipated. Mm. I went to public school. Man, emancipation. I learned about that. I was like, holy shit. That's oh, a lot of those creepy. kids did that. 
It's very yeah. strange. And that it's they're creepy. like super on their own and For making... listeners, emancipation yeah. is when you become like an illegal adult. You become separated from your parents at like before 18. Right. Legally, so it allows you to work as an adult. I don't know how you the, get that cleared. I don't know the don't process, know. but it's fascinating. To, it's probably a big old dick you got to suck. <laughs> big old dick or some sort of like, it's not even a dick. It's like some sort of multiple sexual Hollywood member that just pulsates off like in the hills somewhere. And it's like glows green at night. And you got to like, you got to make it, make it spray in 10 seconds. and. Make oh, you are emancipated. <laughs> you may, you fifteen-year-old may go on auditions by yourself now. I, I don't know what the what like the cutoff is, like how 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 young young you can be. Yeah. But I bet it would be surprising. Anyway, so I was with the that that kind yeah. of circle. I wanted to stop, and um, and my, my mom was really cool about it. She right. was like, "You you can if you want. If you want to be a normal person, you totally can. I've never pressured you into this at all, which yeah. is true." So I did. And then that was for, like fifteen or something, huh? Fourteen, fifteen, and then so then I kind of did high school um, without acting or auditioning much, and um, about uh, I'd say my my senior year of high school when I was right. thinking like, what am I going to do now? Um, my my good friend was going to one school that had a great theater program. Is this like a big valley? High school? No, it was like it's 3, in a, kids. Agora Hills, Oak Agora Park Hills. High School. Okay, it's kind of small. It was actually, I think, I graduated with like seven hundred kids. Okay, so wait, is that right? No, that's wrong. It was even smaller than that, like one hundred and fifty. Okay, that's about the same as me. And uh, yeah, super tiny. And so I, I, I remember that this is kind of what changed everything for me. It's, right. it's a silly story, but it's it's sentimental to me, and it kind of changed the whole thing. Was that I uh, went to the movies by myself one day and saw Fargo. I loved okay. Raising Arizona. And I saw, yeah. for whatever reason... You have good taste. Thank you. That film, and specifically William H. Macy's performance in it, Right. I identified with Johnny so much. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was like, that's what I want to do. And I started to do this research that I didn't know as a kid or, or even right. you know, younger, that all of my favorite actors, Giamatti, Buscemi, Philip Seymour Hoffman, all these dudes had theater training. Right. And I was like, okay, there's something to that. So I went and I did kind of a conservatory thing. Mm -hmm. And for the TV kid, I had no idea what Shakespeare was. I didn't know what, you know, doing a two-hour contemporary play was like. Right. And I learned how to do all that. Now, it's sort of a a, a catch-22. You get great experience and you you get great tools, but you can also become a really, like, self-important douchebag. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I I can see that. And so a lot of people do, you know, the people that end up, like, not all of them, but if you pursue that and you, you know, continue on to Yale or Mm -hmm. NYU or whatever, it's like... It's isolating. Yeah, and I think you forget to go back to your instincts. You're always thinking about technique. Yeah. And I think there's a real hybrid that guys like... Yourself and and the people that I like to work I have no with. Technique. No, you, but you do. You know, I have you, accidental technique. But you, you, know, you at least know how to say lines. I can hit my mark. I'm very good at that. Oh, you're the best. Ma- that's what everyone says. You're the best mark hitter. Yeah. Pemberton doesn't have to look at the ground. He triangulates his mark, which I think is an actual thing. I don't know why they don't teach that. Just triangulate it. Pick a point in front of you. Pick a point to your left. Pick a point to your right. Feel them out and then land it. And that's good enough. <laughs> that's your book. You're not making a commercial. That's your Stanislavski yeah. book. That's Santa Claus. Hey, fucking triangulate it. It works for, they can tell how far away Mars is doing the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I ended up doing that. And then luck would have it that I, I had to 
um, come back to L.A. right away. And when I was here, <clears throat> you know, it was like I thought, oh, I'm going to have this kind of um, reawakening. Well, no, I actually thought like, oh, I can tap into some of my old contacts. The truth was like most of my contacts from 15 years before were right. dead or out or, or either out of the industry. Who died? Uh, like one of my agents. Oh, my God. Was really, okay. She died. So She died. Um, I had to start from scratch like anybody that moved to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, they would look at even things like Jurassic Park. They'd be like, sweet. Um, that's really old. What have you done for me lately? Wow. And so I had to start from scratch, and that's where UCB came in to play. Yeah. And, um, uh, a lot of people did that with there. I feel like there's a lot of guys who I took class with who there who had been all the way through Improv Olympic and were really great improvisers, but they were starting from the ground up there and just because it, it hadn't been offered there, and everyone was such a big fan of the show and like their their sort of like their their style there right that they were willing to go okay I'll take a 101 improv even though I've been on a team at IO or someplace else for years right yeah no yeah I was really drawn to it and I had great mentors like Owen Burke and Owen Burke John oh, Ross Bowie so funny. they're very very they're yeah great great dudes that um, you know I was honest with them I'd be like look I, I don't want to be treated like I n- know everything because I don't I don't mm-hmm. know anything and and I also felt like, you know, when you're 5'1 and you look like I do, you better be pretty funny and not just, like, because people say you're funny. But you should right. actually, like, know the format and you should actually be able to know beats and things to like listen. that. To listen. Right. And so it was great training. But they're also it's, – it's weird. My, my sister was telling me a couple weeks ago. But your sister, you grew up – Brighton, you grew up acting with her as well. She also Brighton and Chelsea, yeah. my middle sister too. Oh, I don't my middle think I haven't sister, met Chelsea, have I? No, she's okay. uh, she's a recluse painter. Oh, cool! But she was in a, a movie called American Beauty. She has a small part in okay. that. Okay. So yeah, it was. I, I kind of grew up on like essentially being part of the View. It was me and the my view? mom and two women. Okay. Or two girls. Oh, so it was you're like, the guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like the Tom Selleck. I was the guest. Right. And um, so. She was telling me that she read in a book the other day. She's like, look, uh, I was reading about your birthday. And it wasn't a, a book that was like, you share the same birthday with Sammy Davis Jr. Right. It was like very specific. And she said all the traits and characteristics that they said for your specific birthday mm-hmm. were spot on. Really? And she said, but the really important, interesting thing was that it said that um, people that are born on your day, which is uh, my birthday is November 2nd. Mm-hmm. Coming up. Coming up. Listeners, it's coming up. Send me gifts. (laughs) Um, They, uh, people on November 2nd are always having to go through transformations. Okay. And so I immediately thought like, okay, what does that mean? It means maybe a multitude of things for me. Like, I guess there's the acting, uh, you know, metaphor there. But then also it was like, I've had to change my course several times. Mm Mm-hmm. So even at UCB where I felt like, oh, I feel like I'm learning a lot of stuff here. Things are really good. You know, I was still playing like kind of uh, physical gags, you know, being like the leprechaun, the elf. Mm -hmm. And even in the commercial world, that's what I was being submitted for. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. It makes sense. It's easy to do. Totally. But it also killed my soul. Oh, yeah. And it made me feel like. Murdering. Pretty lame. It didn't feel like there was any. Oh, not real... murdering. I'm sorry. I just, that's just me. I guess I feel like murdering. Yeah, I, I feel like murdering. Like, oh, I want to murder a couple people and then murder myself after I've committed these murders. 
Hopefully I can get enough murders out before I murder myself. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's where it's – and then we did the right. sneak attack thing. So right. that, that became the next sort of chapter. Of, so. And you started that with, uh, with Ryan Doris, but that's like this thing where you guys have made all these films, short films, feature films, but yeah. it's all – for basically for nothing for right I mean not even a shoestring implies there's something you guys beg, right. it's the classic method of uh, beg borrow and steal yeah and, I uh, mean we I'm I'm Ryan never wants me to say how much we you spend on these films because those we, people start thinking about it right but yeah. it's I mean it's paltry yeah and um, that's awesome and today. I think you got an email about this. Johnny yeah. has done several of these films with us, and the Dreamworld today is on pre-sale for uh, on iTunes. Yeah, buy so, it. We'll have a link. We'll have a link on everything. Cool. Yeah. So that's really exciting for a, a movie that was, you know, a budget of thousand dollars. Yeah, um, that was Beg Bar Own Steel. Totally, and yeah. you know there was there's great people in it. I mean, Matt yeah. Jones mm-hmm. and Matt Bush from. Uh, uh, Adventureland, Lauren right. Lapkiss from Orange is the New Black, Nora Kirkpatrick, Mary Kate Wiles, who mm-hmm. now all of a sudden has this like huge online thing. Really? She has like a bunch of web series. She's like nice. some big like, you know. Web uh, web. Yeah. She's a lot of like, uh, what, what do you call the, the guys that are like fans of that kind of stuff? I don't know. Webbies? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make up uh, a word. Web addict? Webbies. Uh, a yeah. watcher. She's she's like the fan. Like the fan girl. Yeah, totally. Got it. So... I'm really proud of that movie, and we keep going. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're not now because we do have a distribution thing, which mm-hmm. was, like, always the missing ingredient. Yeah, that's a big deal. Sure, because it's like, unless you get to first-tier festivals, you don't – nobody sees anything. Yeah, because there's just too much stuff being made. So this is this is a nice nice time, and we're, we're writing really good stuff. I'm writing um, – But you're right. Oh, go ahead. No, no. We, no, I, no, go, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, please. I'm letting you go. No, I'm embarrassed. You're writing. Uh, uh, it's the the next feature, which it's all been shorts since then mm-hmm. because we just didn't have money to do a feature. But right. this time we're being a little more ambitious, nice. and I and I'm excited about it. It's a uh, it's called Wildlife, and it's sort of a like a revenge drama Cohen movie. Oh, cool. Um, no Country for Old Men, but set in American Fork, Utah. Oh, American. What is American Fork? American Fork is like this really sort of quiet mm-hmm. suburb that has all sorts of different nooks and crannies of people. So it's like a sort of a suburb that didn't get uh, run over by the what do you call it? Like the the franchise machine, right? Like they have a lot of mom and pop stores okay. still, but they still also have like some tract housing at places. Right. But then they have like really dilapidated houses as well as giant, gorgeous mountainscapes just right behind. Utah is very pretty. It's very pretty. And, Stunning. Uh, and because, you know, we right. shot the caper kind there, right. we had success with using people um, as far as crew. And so we thought, let's just do a much bigger thing. So, yeah. I, right. it, it's exciting because I've been playing this sort of like pseudo Woody Allen guy for uh-huh. the last six films. Yeah, you have. And now this guy's this guy's really, really fucked up. Nice. Um, and he doesn't – I mean, he's in almost every scene but doesn't talk till about page 40. But for, for you, this is stuff – you draw a lot of stuff from real life when you talk about fucked up stuff. <laughs> let's go – let's yeah. stop talking about projects and let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah I, I want to if you want to. Yeah. Because you have so much great stuff to talk about like that <laughs> that no one else can talk about. You have to – you can talk about it in a way that it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about but you're able to talk about it. Um, 
But Utah is, is, is relevant to you because you, you didn't grow up there. No, I spent time there. there. I went to school right. there. Because you grew up and as a more. Were you raised Mormon or how? Yeah. What is okay? You were raised I was, Mormon. I was born born into the covenant. You were Mormon. I was Mormon. Born the covenant, <laughs> right? Yeah. But there's something where, like, from hanging out with you and working with you and like John Heater and stuff. Yeah. It's something where it's like uh, there's all these you know the Mormonism gets gets talked about a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Like it gets uh, it gets talked about a lot in terms of like well a lot you know a lot of people in this town. Talk a lot of shit about it because it's something where, at some point in the church, there's like a there's some sort of a support for anti-gay stuff. That's like that's something that's sure. At least at least the people. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say claim. sure. Like yeah, yeah cool, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I know that's the that's the thing that's interesting to me is because when I met you guys and hung out with you guys, it's like I didn't. I never once got this. I never ever felt weird or strange or felt like I was being put in a place that was like. I was sort of like, um, what are these people talking about? Go, why? Where is this? Where is this coming from? No, when we start, when we brought the small babies in to sacrifice to kind of show you how we do that, right. you were into it. Yeah, I know, I was super into it. <laughs> you were like, how bloody killing. can I get? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Surprising to me, but you're a real trooper. Yeah, I love, I love a good splash of baby blood in the <laughs> afternoon, just all over my calves. That's where it counts, right? And yeah. Then, then you extract the uh, the. We call it. You find out what the future is. Right. We asked you that. to chant. We said, mm-hmm. just chant. Don't think about it. Right. Like, and you did. Mm-hmm. And that uh, dark force that was present in that room that said uh, Mormonism is the world <laughs> right. was was really impressive. I've never experienced anything like that ever. But so so you grew up that way. But <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so you like grew up that way and stuff. <laughs> But, uh, it's the first time I've talked about this, by the way, John. Oh, cool. Well, this is great. Cause, but you, you've uh, – I mean, I don't know – I know that with any kind of church sort of thing, there's, there's a degree of interest. Like I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school. I'm going to confirm Catholic. Technically, I am a Catholic right. in the eyes of the supposed Catholic God, but I don't go to church anymore or anything. But I think if there's like a really lenient Catholic judgment day, I'll probably be like – Okay, come on, get him, get him on here. Fine, there's room, there's room. What? He got confirmed. He's confirmed. Just get him, get him on the fucking space shuttle, okay? Christ. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, did I just say that. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's me. Um, but so, but the, with uh, I guess I don't fully understand the Mormonism thing as much. But it's got to be, it's got to be similar to that in terms of because you have, you're not like a great Mormon in terms of like by the book. <laughs> like I've not look I've I've seen every side of it and yeah. if, I mean we're going to we're going to get into some Louis CK style stuff right now. So no, these stories are great. No, I <laughs> I grew up with that uh, as a great sort of like tent blanket umbrella of my life. Right. And and you know the the thing that changed my life which I kind of fictionally told in a way in Dreamworld right. when I was 10 was my dad passed away, right. uh, committed suicide, and it changed the course of my life forever. And still there's – Well, it's a, big, it's a big event. It's a big thing. And he was, like a... he was kind of my idol. And so that's what uh, Dreamworld, which is available on iTunes right, right. now, is sort mm-hmm. of about. Um, and, and, and so – You were I don't 10. Know. You were 10 years old? I was right? 10 years old. Yeah. I feel like – It's pretty young. I've always asked my mom, like, what – helped you get through that because right. she was a champ yeah. and she unequivocally without batting an eye and she's not like a weird apple pie you've met my mom she's yeah. really normal Very and kind of kooky yeah 
she says, you know, being part of the church mm-hmm. really helped and was a lifesaver. And I've asked her why that was. And, she, you know, she talks about things like happiness and feeling like self-worth and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Now, without being preachy at all, I've also felt, you know, that sort of influence at times. But um, I – and I never, like, partied – I loved boobies in mm-hmm. high school. Loved boobies. <laughs> but I never partied right. until um, not too long ago right. where I um, was going through a divorce. Right. You were married? I was married. I and... met your wife when we were working on that thing. What was that? I don't know. That was, was it Dreamworld or something like that? Probably. And... Um, and she, I was married for eight years. I was married for, yeah. for a, a good long run, and she was wonderful and she mm-hmm. was great. And then, and you know, the 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 truth of it was that then we went through uh, in vitro stuff, right? And we tried to have a baby, and it didn't it didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. And my my uh, my luck kind of like I always talk about my life. And I guess it's why I do what I do is I always kind of can visualize it as though it's on a movie screen. Mm-hmm. And so when I was married, I could always kind of see the next year or five years into, the, you know, like what we looked like. Mm-hmm. Not that I was like some sort of <laughs> fortune teller. Yeah. But I had something to like strive for or a goal or hope. And when those test results came down, it I mean, it shook me. It really fucked me up. Because that was not part of the plan. Right. It yeah. was like that movie screen went to black. Mm-hmm. And so I – um I started drinking and I started, you know. But you've never, you had never really drank at all. So it was like kind of a, you were on a real tear. I was on a super, super big tear. Yeah. Like people that knew me were like, I always wondered what Whit Herford was like when he's drunk. And it's far crazier. You were like this, <laughs> this crazy sort of, uh, I mean, I don't think I saw you much at that point in time. But you were, from the stories you tell me, it sounds like you were some sort of a weird like impish Lothario who is just wearing black eyeliner and just like smashing glasses haphazardly. I thought I was the the new Tommy Lee of the Sunset Strip. And and look, it's not something that you can continue for a long time. Yeah, it's not very sustainable. Well, some people it is, but But, uh, But, you know, that was that period. What's great is that I actually wrote really, I think, kind of good stuff during that period. How long was that? Um, I mean, less than a year was I really crazy. Right. That's, that's still a long time. Yeah, really? maybe like six, seven months. Six, seven months of like drinking in the mornings. <laughs> drinking, yeah, all yeah. day. All day. <clears throat> all fucking day. <laughs> all day. And um, and then I uh, met my next wife, mm-hmm. and we had kind of a shorter-lived uh, time. And now I'm sort of like... But that was a real explosion. That was a real like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, it was totally – I was blindsided by it and, and there were some things that contributed to it that um, I felt like I didn't get a re- – you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> I didn't, I've never really been good at dating. I don't know dating very well. Mm-hmm. So I forget to vet people uh, <laughs> appropriately. <laughs> uh, and so I sort right. of just ride off, like you said, the yeah. romance of it. And I ride off sort of the magic and all the butterflies because right. I'm an idiot. And because I'm, you know, fairly immature in that sense, but I love love, and that's why I write about it, and that's why, you know. So those those are the like the pluses and minuses of things. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel great now, Johnny. You, you seem like you do. 
Yeah, which is pretty amazing considering that you – I mean, I don't know. Did you get divorced again or not? Are yeah, you, yeah. We're in yeah, the middle divorced. of it right now. So that's like a pretty <laughs> – Do you like the way I said that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going great. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're just I'm divorced. This. Yeah, yeah. No, no big deal. Yeah, the carpenters are working on the uh, <laughs> the the ceremonial coffin. <laughs> hey, you know, and whatever she wants in life, I hope she gets. Yeah. She's very sweet and great. Yeah. But that was – so. but that but come off of that and – but. But now you're not you're not doing the thing you did before. Uh not or, really. Not really. Not really. Not really. But you gotta do a little bit of it, huh? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean it's like I think I think it's a really big thing for me that being that I do have this foundation that I grew up in right. and this like culture that I'm sort of the voice of no judgment. I'm the voice of right. um and sometimes the black sheep that's like, look, you guys have some really bad press out there. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is if you had a friend of yours that was somebody you loved mm-hmm. that was gay, you would not have that opinion. Yeah. The problem is, that's is absolutely that, true. I mean, from the people I met who were friends of you, I was like, there's no way this person would ever – because it's like the opposite. I feel like it's the most, the most generous – Community. Yeah, when uh, we went to Utah to focused. shoot, it was yeah. like lovely. Yeah, very, very, very um, friendly. And I mean, I keep saying the word community. It was very much like, oh, this is like this whole this whole thing is all about creating a community of people. Yeah, and I and I think you know, at the end of the day, uh, it is totally about people just trying to figure out what's going to make them happy, like mm-hmm. everybody, and not to sound you know too too namaste. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do. I. I think that that's a great point of the the religion and those people is that they they're trying their best. And the interesting thing to me is I think whether it's the people that go like, um, well, you guys hate you hate this or you hate that, right. and then the other people that like are very very um, narrow minded, right. both polar opposites, struggle from the same thing. In my my theory, is. you mean the people who are in the church and outside the church? Yeah, well, that are yeah. like diametrically opposed. Yeah. Okay. They, I think they both suffer from the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what that is is that there's a lack of tolerance on both ends. Yeah, a lack of tolerance or just to have like a very narrow, myopic viewpoint. Because to me it's like you can't say, hey, uh, tisk tisk, you should be doing this right. if that person was to respond with like, well, uh, okay, invite me over for dinner. They'd be like, ew, ew, yeah. no, a Mormon at dinner? Uh-huh. So like, <laughs> so like I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a tough balance, and I and I think we're kind of um, there's going to be a lot of sort of evolution with things, right? As far as that goes, I really seriously did not plan on talking about this oh. long at all. But. Well, that's good though. <laughs> but I, I I I do talk to John Heater about it at all. Yeah, uh, IRL a lot because he is a good friend of mine, and he's a good he's a good Mormon boy. He's a great dude. And he's, the, got, he's pretty much a gold star, isn't he? He is a gold star. Yeah. But the thing about John is that he didn't really have any room not to be as far as in the public eye. When right. Dynamite came out, yeah. every article was like, He's Mormon. Mormon actor John yeah. Heater is yeah. the star of Sundance. I've never, I mean, literally, this is in, oh, geez, I started when I was four. In 30 years of acting, Johnny, this is the first elongated uh, discussion I've ever had publicly about the church. Oh, cool. So, I mean, yes. only for you. Um, so I feel like John, 
he he actually wishes that that had been kind of kept a little bit more under lock and key. Well, how can you? So that he could be an artist. Yeah, but how can you? You know, because you? I think that... Like, you can't, you can't, you know, you can want that, but it's like... People, but, but people always want to sort of like... Um, they they want to destroy the mystique. They want to destroy anything that right. feels like, you know, elusive. And so th- that's a real struggle. I think, you know, a lot of actors that are really, really great, you know, John Malkovich, mm-hmm. uh, Joaquin Phoenix, you're always thinking like, who are these guys? Right. What are they really like in life? Right. And if you knew more tidbits about their life, mm-hmm. I don't know if you would think of them as such a great actor. You know, I would oh, say yeah. like Johnny Depp is going through a real metamorphosis where like he used to be such a mystery. But now everybody just thinks he's kind of a kook that does whatever movie he's going to do. Well, I, here's my opinion. <laughs> I just So he doesn't look that good anymore, right? I think he's just probably not terribly bright, <laughs> but he's smart enough to know not to say too much. Right. He's smart enough to know, huh, I don't have a lot to say. I'm not going to try to say anything. I'm going to be a pirate in real life. <laughs> I'm pretty good at being a pirate on the screen. I guess I'll, I guess I'll be a pirate, like a, a soft 45% pirate in real life. <laughs> That's about it. It's probably true. Yeah. That's where I'm totally different. I feel like I relate to guys like Ricky Gervais more where we don't know when to shut up. Oh, it's like just like a like, brah! Yeah. yeah, I mean, clearly, I just barf it out. But um, right. whatever. That's I guess that's who I am. Well, yeah, it is. You can't, you can't, uh, I mean, Johnny Depp, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying that John wishes he would, he had uh, maybe, I don't know how you can really keep it under wraps, though. You can't really. Well, just... here's the thing. John actually is, I think now, because, like, his, you know, his career was on life support. Right. And. And it's always been the big question, like, what can you? We we actually had this conversation, maybe even just a night ago, mm-hmm. where it was like the the goal has always been, I got to do, you know, his reps would always say something. You got to do something that either eclipses eclipses Napoleon or right. changes everybody's mind about you. Mm-hmm. And the thing and you is, you have to do it. No one can. No one can. No one can help you with that. No nobody one, writes no that. One, someone can help you, but no one. You're not going to get it from anybody who works for you. You right. have to work, do it for yourself. It's Precisely. A, yeah. Like in the case of- Which is what you did, which is right. why I find you very inspirational because you. you did all these things that you're just like, fuck it, I'm just going to make the thing I want to make um, regardless of what, uh, you know, it's like a, a maybe a really emotional thing. It's really like kind of heavy and like all this crap and it's, um, but you just did it because you have to do that. If you don't do that- you're just like waiting in a fucking bread line. <laughs> you know? Totally. No, it's totally. Like, get your pellet. You know, and I've had yeah. friends um, friends that are, are in the movie dream world. I, I won't right. say their name, but, you know, that have said like, man, I really can't wait to get to do something that I get to create. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people get so caught up in having to say yes to all these different people that they forget to be their own artist. Yep. And oh, I, yeah. I'm lucky that I'm <laughs> my my middle sister Chelsea, who I right. brought up before. She's a painter, and nobody tells her what to paint. Right. And I've always taken that as a, a good inspiration that she paints when she wants to paint. She right. paints as much as she wants to, and she paints whatever she wants to. Right. And that's kind of what you have to do. I mean, I I was telling you this on the phone today. Right. Um, I totally dropped 
a manager Mm -hmm. and a commercial agent within the last six months because they both didn't have my best interest in mind. Yeah. So uh, as far as like having little notches on my belt in the world of the industry here in town, Mm -hmm. I'm defiantly and purposely cutting my losses because it it doesn't really matter to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, The money to me comes and goes. Yeah. And I know that sounds very like... Uh, pretentious and, and no, it's true though it does it really does come and go I mean I'm yes I still get residuals for things I did in 1983 mm-hmm. they're like for 10 cents uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I literally I've gotten yeah. a check before that said one cent I got a six cent check once I mean it's amazing it's amazing that it costs more the paper. to print the paper yeah. and, and mail it so um yeah I, I actually am very excited to be a part of what I'm doing right now and, and Ryan you bring up Ryan Darst Ryan right. Darst who is my co-partner in Sneak Attack. Sneak uh, Attack is the film production company. Uh, Listeners. He, yeah. We, we, we're not jerks, but we definitely don't just kind of do whatever. For example, with DreamWorld, we met with maybe six different distribution companies right. over the past year. And we were really desperate to get this film done and out. When you've kind of handcrafted this as a two-man operation mm-hmm. over two years, you really just want an end goal. You want to see a return on your money. Yeah. You want more eyeballs to see it. And that's about it. And so at that point, most people sell out. And they start going like, yeah, market it however you want. I don't care what the poster looks like. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I love guys like Wes Anderson and John yeah. Goddard and the Coens, et cetera, et cetera. Because they're like a, they, they uh, do everything or they – they're in – they're in control of the full, the full thing – I don't know. I'm trying to think. Of the example I feel like is the case. Um, I like drinking beer a lot. Okay. And a lot of the beer I like is because I also like the art on the can or the bottle. Oh, sure. And it does generally make me like it more. Mm-hmm. Like it tastes better. Packaging's, packaging is huge. It matters. And totally if matters. If it doesn't matter to you, it, must, it means you probably don't care that much about what you're putting into it. Why do people still go to Ikea? Because it feels clean yeah, feel, and slick and European yeah. and, like, user-friendly, and it, it's that whole thing. Yeah, it's just— Not because it's, it's good furniture. Just they care just a little bit more. They care enough to, um, they care enough to, to make not just, not just the product, like, you know, like, yeah, this is a Dale's no-label <laughs> no label sunscreen. <laughs> Look, okay, you can get some sunscreen. It's got a fancy label on it, but you're going pay, to be paying out the ass for that. Dale, with Dale's, it's just— Says the SPF, and it's you know whatever whatever plastic we got at the time. That's what color it is. Okay, so you know, I guess that's good for sunscreen. But I feel like for sunscreen, maybe like hey, ibuprofen. Did Dale's used to be in a red bottle? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It just says D on it somewhere <laughs> and a number. Oh, is this what kind of ibuprofen is this? Doesn't matter. It's uh, it's, it's brand. <laughs> that's, I think that stuff is okay. It's okay to have ibuprofen. And sunscreen and things that are like, oh, this is just the generic, right? You no, know, you know, because it doesn't matter. But so many things like that, people neglect. Well, like for example, I mean, yeah. I'm, and and Ryan may kill me for saying this, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so we finally found a distribution company right. for DreamWorld, and you know, part of why we liked them was they were like, look, you guys. Uh, have a really good aesthetic as far as the marketing goes already. The posters, mm-hmm. all the visuals are sort of like synonymous. And There's I, a signature. Yeah, and I go, go to a really like obsessive, sad place 
to do that. Like I, I, I spend a sad amount of time obsessing about it. That's great. Though. And um, and it, that that's for me. Like if nobody gets it, that's fine. But they actually we they were really really excited about mm-hmm. it. And um, we had a meeting with them all leading up to this week and next week, and they they threw us a couple designs, and there was a couple things that looked like you know kind of fan art right. with like some weird photo brush brush stuff on there. Bless their hearts, they were trying, but like it it didn't look good. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you know, um, people are just people just want to get the job done. And I always think, right. like, don't just get it done, get it done right. Yeah, it would do it in a way that you you have to left to like it. Otherwise, it's like there's no point in doing it. Totally. I mean, I had – I look at my IMDb before we did Sneak Attack, uh-huh. which I do every day. I look at my IMDb every, <laughs> every day. Is it part of your alarm clock? Oh, yeah. I love that thing. No, I don't. But when I do look at it, I, I noticed that, like, I had a lot of very embarrassing credits. Very What's an embarrassing credit? Oh, like a, a UPN show that okay. was like for on, you know, that was like, a rhythm and blues <laughs> about a white DJ. That's a real oh show. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> That's a real show. Rhythm and blues? Yeah, he was a white DJ with the rest of the cast was black. Oh, my God. And I played like a snotty rich That's kid. That's what I want to be on. A rhythm and blues. <laughs> well, this fall on UPN, rhythm and blues. So <laughs> stuff yeah. like that, Johnny, as you can tell. Yeah. It'd be very embarrassing to be immortalized that way. Yeah. Now- Everything once I started Sneak Attack right? and, you know, things like Glee and Raising Hope that I've been lucky enough to do, those are quality things. Right. Now, Sneak Attack, again, hasn't made really any money yet. Mm-hmm. But I love those things way more than a lot of the things that have made me oh, some money. Yeah, that's all. But that's, it's so simple. It's yeah. so, so simple to me. And I feel like when I see other people that are just – look, I'm almost, I'm almost 40 years old. In five years, I'll be 40 fucking years old. Mm, thank the Lord. I mean, I'm still in my sexy face. I look really good. Yeah. But. You're going to age don't... gracefully. <laughs> you think you'll go salt and pepper? I th- I'm getting a little bald back here. Okay. So I think that might happen. I'm getting, I have like gray facial hair. That'll work. Which is sort of weird. It's spotchy uh, and weird. That'll work. But. Um, so you're almost turning 40. I'm almost turning 40 mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I think the saddest image I can have is if there's sides in the back of my car on my 40th birthday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that to me is like, I'm doing something. If I don't have a family and a house, mm-hmm. but I got sides in the back of my car, I'm doing something wrong. There's a priority thing. <laughs> and that's just me, personally. Right. Um, I That's not for everybody, but uh, again. Yeah, some people are incredibly um, happy in that realm. I guess. And Yeah. I get, well, I, I don't know if they are happy. I think there are some. There are some, but it's like it's one of those things where— Do they go home happy? You know yeah, what I mean? but they do, but it's like a thing where that's all they do. It's like, oh, this is, this is what I do. I know—I mean, it sounds like sound, sort of a—I don't know how to say it, how to say it any other way than say maybe they know their place and they like that place. See, even just saying that sounded sad. Yeah. It sounded sad, but some, some people are— uh, you know, I think there's there's uh, happy janitors and there's not happy janitors. <laughs> That's the best thing you could ever. You say. know, because some because there always has to be things that are done that are not uh, glamorous or people things that someone doesn't want to do. Right. But someone has to do it. Right. And it's like so some people are just they. You know, it's like the. I guess because right, right now we live in like a society that is highly inflated on either end in terms of 
personal uh, like allowances and what you what you what you get to do as a person. Like what right. we get to do. Like right now, we're doing something this absurdly. Like we're inside. It's the leisure. The level of leisure is unprecedented in the history of time. That we get to fucking everybody gets to live like a king. Right. And so I think that people, in general, tend to uh, inflate their worth, or inflate their everything gets inflated because of how the ease of life causes us to inflate our not so much our sense of purpose, but sort of like who we are in the world becomes confused and muddled and grayed because you have all these luxuries that are really not really uh, they're not really close to basic aspects of life. This is not like the most rambling fucking no, no, critical no, no, theory No, 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 you're right. Like, and I think yeah. the, thing, the thing too is I that... I should have said it in a French accent with some better like, in the people, they are so... Uh, <laughs> they are lost their way. Right, they are, exactly. For mm-hmm. American, they, right. are, mm-hmm. they are having so many things. Oh, oui, oui. They are mm-hmm. having so rich, so yeah. rich, but in the, in the mind, so small. So tiny. So that, that makes more sense. Right. That, exactly. Riches, but no... The brain is right. dying, but mm. the body is blooming like a, like a fat... Like a fat fat. Like a fat. I like hate a, a fat. Like a big, uh, the brain, how do you say, is uh, going to shit. <laughs> and the body is uh, becoming a whole. Well, the thing, too, you know, that's super, super annoying is that people, I don't, I mean, I don't want to get on a huge podium about this. Do but it. Like, you can create whatever persona, right. reality you want through your activities online. You can. You can become... Um, amazing. It's pretty crazy. Because pretty you cool. can like all the cool movies, yeah. and you can have the greatest photos, and yeah. you can say the coolest things, and you can post the greatest pictures. But if, you know, I- I've actually, through trial and error, <laughs> fallen under that guise as far right. as, like, I've met people that I thought were one way through their online presence. Right. And for weeks... I felt like that was the reality, and I would be, you know, in the presence Talking with them. About girls or just people or both? Yeah, more like girls. You're more like girls, definitely. More like girls, and so like, it's it's a real bummer when you start to realize, like, oh, I feel like it's not their fault. They were just, you know, participating, mm-hmm. but I concocted this strange reality. Oh yeah, you you build it. You like you fill in the gaps. Right, you, but there's the gaps are gigantic, and you sort of like you do this like a, it's like a, a line drawing. It's a thing where you're you're connecting these dots that are they're just dots, and you're like, oh, I drew a picture of you. It's like from from dot from like six dots. Well, and a lot of times, like those sorts of things that are really flimsy and like surface, whether it's like what sort of pop culture you like or what sort of things you read and TV you watch, mm-hmm. like those things excite people you know and, they, right. and it, there's like a, a visceral reaction that you have internally when you're like oh my gosh you love Marie Antoinette oh my god so many people totally discount that movie yeah and it's like <laughs> it's garbage because um, it has nothing to do with how you guys are gonna be in the same room yeah and whatever and I I found out in a very recent relationship where you mean post marriage? Post first marriage. Post first marriage. That um, I was involved with somebody that was younger than me. Mm-hmm. They were from kind of a different generation. Right. And it turned out that 
a significant, I'd say a third of my conversations with this person over the course of our relationship was through text message. Yeah. And I thought that that was so sad. Right. And I was kind of, I was really embarrassed for myself that that turned out that way. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, it's just, it's a real danger. And it's like, we're really forgetting how to do this. That's why this is kind of oh, yeah. fantastic. It's I, remember like, the, I remember the first podcast I ever did. So was some. So I, I think it was one of the first ones I was ever guessing on was uh, Jason Nash's mm-hmm. Guys of Feelings, and I was like, "Are we taking jackets off now?" Is that what's yeah, I am. I'm just a little warm. Okay. And I was like, I got kind of high by accident, but I did get high. <laughs> I don't think by accident. Well, generally. I got higher than I was intending to get high, <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is like uh, you're sitting around, you're just talking for two hours or, or not, wherever how long we talked. Yeah, you didn't almost never do that. It's like a very rare thing to no. actually just. You know, you're just sitting around, you're just talking. You're just having yeah. a conversation about stuff, and it's it's very, like, it's very illuminating. It's very, like, you're, um, I don't know. It's like a rock garden. It's like a lot of things, really. It's like a lot of things. And I, hey, far be it for me to be, like, the, because I, I, I can kind of objectively stand back and go, like, wait, you really do sound like the old man on his lawn that's like, you kids and your things. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy, because I love me some well, gadgets. That's the thing, though. You do. You do. But it's not kids, though. <laughs> it's not kids. But I have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's not true. I don't have to. I choose you don't to. You have to. Well, you're good at it. I'm good you at it. You definitely engage in that whole thing. I, I, I'm not I don't a... have any friends. Instagram is my friend. You and Instagram are my friends. I'm not on Instagram. I know you're not. I just deleted my Twitter today. What? Yeah, and I deleted Facebook. Um, <gasps> I just decided. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really tired of all that stuff. I feel like there's something about it that's making me depressed. It's, there was a study that says really? that Facebook specifically well, Facebook definitely makes people depressed. makes you depressed because you're always ju- comparing yourself. Well, it's you know, this, I don't know who says this. I want to attribute it to um, Eleanor Roosevelt, but there's a saying. Fuck um, you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy. Whoa. And it's absolutely true. And you find it happening so much that it's the kind of thing where it's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like it's it's absolute and so true. It's a thing where it's like it's unfucking believable. And it does this thing where it takes you so far out of the moment. It just it's like it just obliterates your ability to because joy, joy, you can describe joy as being that that's in the moment. Right. Joy, joy is people who are joyous. That's because they're in the moment. And. They're so close. I mean, totally. There's the, there's thousands upon thousands of pages of Buddhist and Hindu philosophy and that talk about this very specifically. But basically, you want to, you try to get to the moment and right from the moment you, there's joy there because you're you're there's, you're not living for anything. You're not thinking about anything that happened. But when you compare, it just it just steals that joy. It's a, yeah, it's a thief. Yeah, it's, it takes it away, and it's so weird to know that, but to still engage in it. I have a lot of friends that um, are really sort of like routine campers. They camp a lot. Now. Oh, they go camping, yeah. And um, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that that that's it. I mean, some of them are are definitely like hipsters about it. Oh yeah, but hipster camping—that's a fun thing. I haven't thought about that in a while. But it's like it's better that than everybody being like, "Hey, let's go have a video game marathon." Yeah, in my in my estimation, right? Because I think that sucks out everything that's important. Whereas camping, whether your intention is to like look super cool and take mm-hmm. some really dope kinfolk mag pictures, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, whatever you're you're making food, you're, you're setting just, up a tent, you're, you're disengaging. Yeah, you got your feet in the soil. Good, good. Yeah. That's a start. Right. Um. <clears throat> so, 
I don't Unless know. it's to, like, the whole point is to... That said, I do love yeah. myself a good One Direction movie. One Direction, the band? Yeah, I went and saw the One Direction movie. I haven't had a movie. Yeah, it's a documentary. And I, and I went into the movie theater by myself twice. What is the deal with the, all these documentaries <laughs> happening about these fucking ch- child's bands? What do you mean? There's like, because that's like a child band, right? One Direction? <laughs> It's a child band, a child right? Band. It is. No, it's not. I mean, it's not it's like Menudo. Right? It's a boy band, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're like young teenagers. They're children. They're... So what? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a child band. It's like you know. <laughs> well, I don't think they're like, m- marketed the as child... child band. I like to use the word child more because I feel like <laughs> I only recently became a man. It's true. Like, I feel like in my early twenties, I was still a child. Yeah, I'm still a fucking. You're still like the the childhood has been extended greatly in recent years, and I feel like those those kids are probably they may not be. I haven't met them, but they're probably but, children. Yeah, but the 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 most fun British kids ever. Oh and yeah, and I and they I want to like, start dressing like them, and I want to st- and I no literally I went into the theater. I was the only. This is amazing. I'm 34. Right, middle of the day. I went into. One Direction documentary, mm-hmm. and I w- sat in the very back of the and theater. And they asked you to leave. And I <laughs> took my pants off. <laughs> oh, no, shit. No, no, no. And I danced. I got One Direction. All by myself, like a total weirdo, Jeez. and I had a great time. It was, I mean, like, I mean, for other people might thought that that's really sad and pathetic of you. But I, I love doing stuff like that. Right. Where it's like, this has n- nothing to do with anybody but me. And, um... And also, it's like, I don't know, is it, uh, I'm it's just, joyful. it's joyful, and I'm in the moment. Yeah, I think that's good. I like doing stuff like that. Also, uh, if you go to, like, the Target or someplace, just talking <laughs> to people. The Target? You know, go to the Target and you know, <laughs> talk to people you don't know, but just, like, say, hey, I don't know, there's something, just oh. saying weird things to people you don't know, that's always a good thing. Or actually having genuine conversation with right. total strangers. Like, I love doing that at the Target or somewhere yeah. like that. I feel it, like it happens less. People are uh, like, you go like, "Oh, weird! They got a new nerd's rope. You ever tried this?" And yeah. people are like, "Are you, are you talking to me?" Yeah. And I, I've always had great experiences. Well, you're you're great at it. People, people like if you talk to someone, they're all of a sudden like, "I'm I'm on board. I'm on board." <laughs> you mean me? Yeah. Well, I think sometimes I kind of weird people out when I do that, but they're like <laughs> they they eventually get on board, right? Because I'll make reference to like, "I'm just I'm just joking here. It's okay. Right. I'll see you later." But then it's like you see him five minutes later. Oh, well, here we are again. <laughs> now it's weird. But, yeah. I do that in the elevator, too. Oh, you do? You're an elevator Yeah, because I think, I think elevator quietness mm-hmm. is so unnecessary. Like, hey, we're here for the next 30 seconds. But, you know, might as well make the most of it. I may find something out really fascinating in 30 seconds. You might. And I usually don't, but... Yeah. I try to do this thing now. If someone's on a cell phone in one of those situations, I uh, <laughs> either respond to what they're saying. Like, if you're on a cell phone, it's like, if the guy's like, uh, yeah, well, I'm not sure. When do you think we're going to get the shipment? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just talking to them, like, really loud. That's a good one. Also, if you ever see someone in a bathroom yeah. talking on a cell phone, which happens, yeah. which has happened more and more. It's weird to be like, you're just in a bathroom. You're taking a shit and you're having a conversation. Uh-huh. Like really? Right. Like that. I mean, even it just seems like why? I don't, why would you want to do that? I one time. Do you know Verse Kush? You ever been to Verse? Oh yeah. So we love the Ver- Verse Kush, right? The sausage, the sausage place. And I went there one time with Darst and Matt Jones, yeah. and I was a little bit high. Okay. And I went into the bathroom, 
and this is my f- favorite bathroom story ever. Okay. And I was in a stall, and all of a sudden, I got like halfway to taking my pants down, and the guy next to me in the urinal just let out like a little. Oh. A baby trumpet. A baby trumpet. Uh-huh. Tiny, my first trumpet. A pocket cornet. <laughs> And I was laughing so hard, and I proceeded to have a conversation with him about his fart. Oh, my God. I don't God, think he would. wanted to have it all. Well, I don't know. If he's talking, he's talking. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Oh, my God. I can't imagine if someone did that. That's great. What did you guys talk about? I was like, I think I, from what I remember. It did was, you call me? By, I bet you, this is what, what I'm going to say. I bet you said, like, <laughs> you laughed, and you were like, wow, that is, that was the best fart I've ever heard. That was like a cartoon fart. That was so great. I think I mentioned the like pitch of it. I was okay. like, "That's very high pitch, man." <laughs> he said something like, "What?" And I was like, "Your fart. You just you just farted, right?" Oh yeah, this is where you're supposed to fart. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think he made it okay. Yeah, it was yeah. a fun time. We had a good time. I like to do the thing if someone's on the phone in the bathroom is I make incredibly loud farting sounds with my mouth. <laughs> like I try to get as loud as I can. Like so, someone's talking on the phone. I'm trying to go like, <laughs> oh, shitting. <laughs> To, to make it to the point where the person, whoever they're on the phone with, is like, if they don't ask where are they, they have to be like, are you in a bathroom? Uh, no. <laughs> ah, piss shit! Farting! Farting, 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 farting! Like, I love when you hear, this is terrible, but I love when you're in the bathroom and you hear, like, really bad, like, diarrhea type well, sounds. that's me. Is that you? You know me because I have terrible bowels. That's true. So you're always you always got a wet poop. Oh, when I poop, it's like, okay, if it's a busy bathroom, I'm just like, okay, here here's the show starts, everybody. (laughs) I can't wait for you to can't wait for you to leave to have a a, to do my rehearsal. So I'm just gonna (laughs) let it go. Sometimes you can time it with a good flush or time it with something like a door slam. But sometimes I'm just like. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't like you enough to be this courteous. I'm just like, no, this is this ties in so great. We were talking about camping. I was going to go camping with a a friend of mine. Well, I've never I've not. Yes. She an acquaintance. Right. And um, and I got really paranoid because I haven't camped since I was like a scouter. And I got really, really paranoid because I love toilet paper. Love it. Me too. And so, like, I do, like, the mummy, which is around the hand. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm very wasteful. Okay. Um, and I thought, like, man, bathrooms in the wild are a different story. You have to dig a hole, shit in it, Ugh. burn the paper. And it really started, like, giving me anxiety, and I was really paranoid. And I felt like yeah. all of the macho-ness that I started to envision with flannels and campfire wood yeah. dissipated because I just started to thought, think about how terrible my poops would be. Did you lock up? <laughs> what do you a lot mean? of people lock up. Their bowels just go, hook, uh, not ready for a couple of days. Oh, no, no. Okay. I never <laughs> I never get that option. Uh, I never get the lock up. I get the I trap have... door. I get like all of a sudden it's oh, like. Oh, like it's time? Oh, yeah. I mean I – we both suffer from stuff. Right. And um, I – we're not – speaking of being a camper, I have this – let me tell you this story real quick. So we're camping. <clears throat> And there was this one kid named um, Dylan Hull, okay. who was one of my bullies. I've written a lot about bullies oh, cool. in my life because I had a lot of them. And this guy, I knew through different associations, but he was the type of kid that um, 
like he was notorious because he the the legend was that he curbed some kid's jaw. Oh yeah, that's the at legend. Carl's man. Ju- at Carl's Jr. I feel like no one. I feel lunch. like only one person's ever done that. No, I think he totally did. Just so bad. Yeah, he totally did. Listeners, a Kirby. We call him a Kirby. Kirby. Okay. When you make someone open their mouth and bite the curb, and you stomp on the back of their head, shattering all their teeth. Right. Yeah. And um, so this guy Dylan Hole was known for having done that. Right. So I'm on this scouting trip with this guy, right? And at one point, I remember that like we were canoeing. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the canoeing trip, I was like, I am going, there is going to be shit out of my butthole mm-hmm. so soon, like now. And so I got the boat back to shore and did a real quick, quick walk back down the trail and went into the outhouse that they had there that was like makeshift like shanty wood still good still right still than... good way better than a, just a hole and um i noticed that i had sh- i had shit my pants a little bit like a little bit M- my boxers like a couple tootsies this is uh not like no not like actual things just like some pretty sizable streaks okay and and more less like streaks i would say the word would be smears okay more like some smears great and so i was like well fuck it i'm not going to wear Smeared shorts for the rest of the day. That's obvious. Yeah. Get a rash. Smell bad. Mm-hmm. So I took them off and I threw them down the hole. Right. So later that night, we're sitting in front of the campfire and Dylan Hall goes to use the same thing. Right. And I immediately am like, damn it. He's going to see your shorts. He's going to see my shitty shorts. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden... He came back and he was like, Wimpy shit his pants! Because for some reason, everybody knew that I was the one that wore blue and white polka dot boxers. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know if we had like a parade earlier that trip or something, yeah. but it was obvious. I was mortified. I was totally mortified. It was, it was definitely like a sandlot type. Like, so, what was the outcome? Cut out scene. Just. Just, just razzing. heartache and hard pain. razzing. <laughs> just some hard razzing. Did you admit to it? You say I shit him. I shit him a little bit. I was like, yeah, I was. Just, I, I exhausted a lot of energy that day. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but that's the same trip that there was another kid named Robbie Solomon. Mm-hmm. Robbie Solomon was what we call obese. Okay. <laughs> and Robbie Solomon was also the kid that wore his scout uniform in every school picture. Oh, wow. Dedicated. Sweet kid. Right. Really bad ideas. Mm-hmm. And Robbie Solomon came on this trip. Robbie Solomon was my tent partner. Robbie Solomon brought, and which was great because he was the one that brought the two big jugs of Jolly Ranchers and Now and Laters. Oh, so we class, were set. Yeah. Classic Fat camp. kid accompaniment. Yeah. Classic. And I remember one evening he went, hey, let's wake up the counselors. He had a very, like, strong lisp. Oh. He's like, let's wake up the counselors. Two for one. Right. And he did this. All of a sudden, he started clapping his hands, and he went, "Uh, uh, uh," and he thought he was so funny that he was doing, like, a a masturbation sound effect. And uh, I loved the guy from that on. I thought that that was the funniest thing ever. It's pretty classic. I think I... That's, I don't remember ever doing a Masto joke. I was not comfortable with that. We really? Used, we did a <laughs> Masto. Bunch of, we did a bunch of things. We took a bunch of chairs. This was like camping. Not camping. It was just some sort of retreat thing. We took about 15 like portable chairs and put them on top of a sleeping guy and then woke him up. And it was <laughs> the loudest noise that anyone ever heard. 
was Gaffy. he like was he like crushed or something? No, he was he's a big guy, but he was like a, one of those guys who sleeps really hard and fast. Right. And then then so he didn't notice us piling the chairs on him, but then he, when he woke up, we like woke him up awake and he just and they went everywhere and tumbled down the fucking made a shithole mess. Yeah. Ah, uh, loud noise. We did uh my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Johnson, was reading a story about whales one day, and she was very, very heavy. So I thought the irony of that was amazing. And she broke her desk and, like, rolled off the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Big lady. It was amazing. She's the same lady that um, for our uh, fifth grade graduation, we were all given yearbooks. Mm-hmm. And we were allowed to sign each other's yearbooks. And they were all, it had our picture, you know. And then it said, you know, earlier in the year, it had been like, what do you want to be, you know, 20 years from now or whatever? And I think I wrote something ridiculous like, I want to be a professional actor. Mm-hmm. <sighs> nice choice, idiot. Good life choice. And um, she's like, okay, everybody can sign each other's yearbook. Here's the one stipulation. Don't write any uh, bad language. Okay. Well, I was Bart Simpson. So it was like, you just told me what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. You basically just, that's the thing. Do not touch these switches. Yeah. I'm touching these switches. So I was uh, handed over Chris Zeilinger's yearbook. Mm -hmm. Chris Zeilinger had a really sweet mullet, sweet, sweet mullet. And uh, I wrote, it's not even grammatically correct, but I thought, I'm going to write the most heinous thing ever. So I wrote, Chris, have a motherfucker summer. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, it got... Scene. It got confiscated. And it got confiscated like two minutes before my mom is coming down the aisle with her camera. And it's like, da, 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 da. We're going to be graduating. Uh, have a motherfucker summer. And it was like, Mrs. Hertford, I need to talk to you. And I almost didn't graduate fifth gra- I almost had trouble getting past the five grades of school. Because of the word motherfucker. Yeah, have one. God. Have one. Ridiculous. I don't. I think no, I mean, that's that's grammatically correct. I think it does. Have you ever felt that like that phrase in context where like because see my mom was reading that right that she was like does he know what that means like does he really want somebody to have sex with me see I don't I, don't, <laughs> I think motherfuckers never been used to to mean fuck your mother I think it's just what does it mean just badass <laughs> it just means he's a motherfucker badass. when I say I say someone's badass oh that guy's a motherfucker he's a badass. Yeah, I mean, it, you, it's duplicitous. He's a terrorist. That's my new thing, to call someone a terrorist. What? You're a fucking terrorist. <laughs> that's, that's badass. I don't even a like terrorist? that. terrorist? Yeah. Like, if I was like... That's oh, your Hurford, new thing? With Herford? He's a fucking terrorist, man. <laughs> he's, he's destroying <laughs> shit. He's a motherfucker. He's a badass. He's a terrorist. Now I feel like I... Now because you're doing it, like I want to be cool, so I'm like, all right, so I'll So I start calling that. people terrorists. All right, cool. I'm you, the one that's going to get punched, you not you. Punched. You'll just get on the no-fly list. I'm, the, I'm, <laughs> I'm very punchable. Like, I feel like my face is the type of face... Have you been punched before? I've never been punched, never but, I. but I always I have punched one person. That's the name of this episode. It's gonna be called "Never Been Punched." Never been punched. We gotta I, wrap it up. Okay. We got We didn't take a break. We just we slogged, man. We just slogged through here. Oh my gosh. Um, parting thoughts, parting words. Thanks, Johnny. You're the best. You're the best wit. Jeez um, Louise. Go to uh, iTunes. Check out Dreamworld. Mm-hmm. Please do. Also, the soundtrack's on there too. So Dreamworld has a movie and a soundtrack what on else iTunes. Can people investigate of yours. Remotely, there's a lot of people who are not, you know, this is like audiences of people. I'm in Ohio. I'm in Canada. I'm in Brisbane. Right. Um, I mean, 
I do a lot of music stuff. I'm doing a right. music thing right now cool. um, that's new. I, I had an electronic or like a dream pop thing called Natural History last year. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to be kind of rolling out a, a bit of a uh, uh, crowdfunding thing for Wildlife, which nice. is going to be the follow-up feature. Cool. So there will be something for that. And then the Caper Kind, hopefully, um, you know, right uh, – Hulu, Hulu is who has Caper Kind right now. And um, we're really hoping that that's the that would be a the great, next des- thing. great destination. Hit them up on Twitter. Uh, for also go to Amazon and buy shit. Please buy stuff on Amazon through our Amazon portal to support Twisting the Wind. Um, buy that on iTunes. Keep listening to everything. Thanks for being here, Wit. Thanks, Johnny. Bye. Bye. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.